I have a secret stash of Clorox wipes in the trunk of my car. I can't be the only one, right? Welcome to Episode 6 of Therese Talk. I'm your host, Therese Maine. By day, I host a morning radio show on a network in New York and Pennsylvania. By night, I'm a podcaster, and if you're a woman like me who loves Jesus and just wants to serve her family and community a little bit better, you're in the right place. In this episode, think about what it's been for you. Is it toilet paper, Clorox wipes? For me, it was chicken. A little bit later, I'll share what God taught me from not being able to buy what I wanted when I want it. I'm not sure how you're listening today. If you're using Apple Podcast or you've gone to fln.org slash podcast, can I ask you to subscribe to Therese Talk so you don't miss a single episode? Right now, some help for your family because we are in unprecedented times and I think we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but everything has changed except God. Cindy Sherwood is a biblical counselor, and I just love listening to this woman speak. She's going to help bring you some peace right to your soul. And even if you're about ready to scream, cry, or pull out your hair, she is the creator of The Healing Journey, a 29-week Bible study that I actually just finished just as the pandemic was ramping up. And fear is one of the big healing journey topics. So Cindy, can we choose not to be afraid during something like a pandemic? We do have some control over that, but it's also true. We are human beings and uh, we're going through something now that none of us has a playbook for. And when we don't know what's going on, when we don't know what is going to happen, when we are experiencing a lot of losses, it's normal human behavior to start to have anxiety and have fear about it. Um, I think it's important to not judge ourselves if we're feeling afraid because it is a normal human feeling. Um, but at the same time, um, we don't control a lot of these circumstances right now with the pandemic, but we can always control our responses to that. And that's where we do have control. There are things we can do to bring our fear level down, and there's nothing that's going to work more effectively in that direction than time with God and time in God's word. So my strongest recommendation and the one I follow every day is to get up and start there. Uh, I grab my cup of tea and God and I sit down and read his word. And that's just a marvelous way to combat fear, to remind myself God is still on the throne, and none of this caught him by surprise, and he has not stopped being in charge of our lives as his children. Um, this has all been fully factored in, his plan and his care for us, his provision for us isn't cut short just because we're in a quarantine and a pandemic, and so many strange things are happening right now. God is still with us, with his comfort, his presence, and his power. His power is still readily available. And if we will read his promises every day, 
it will help fight our fear. If you don't know where to start, open Psalms. That's a great book to read through during hard times like this. One of the concepts that comes up in Healing Journey with the three Ps, where we try to fill God's role in these three areas, and you just mentioned power, but I feel like during this pandemic, really, we lose control of those things pretty quickly, and that can shake you. Yes, that's exactly what's going on. We thought we had our lives so figured out, and we quickly found out we really don't, and we really don't control a lot of things. And and I, I'm sure a lot of people have talked about this through the weeks of the quarantine, but it's good to keep reminding ourselves that hard times, difficult times, scary times are God's opportunity uh, to give us a reset and a refocus and a reminder um, that he is still our provider and our protector as well. He's still taking care of us. And right now that is being tested in new ways. Our faith is being tested. Our beliefs are being tested. But even in a pandemic, God is still our perfect power source, provider and our protector. That hasn't changed and it never will. I saw a saying this week that said we need to change what we're saying from I can get through this to I am getting through this. Are are human beings more resilient than we sometimes give ourselves credit for? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, my husband, Brian, always likes to refer to the Navy SEALs. So that's my first image. And what they do to those Navy, Navy SEALs is push them beyond the limits that they know that they have because they need to know they always have more than they think they have to give to it. And um, God has created us with amazing functions and abilities, and we can uh, survive a lot. And I absolutely agree with that, uh, that we should uh, have a focus, a positive focus on this. With God's help, I'm getting through this. I'm getting through every day. That idea of a positive focus, we certainly can change our perspective on our circumstance. We can't change the circumstance. I mean, what's happening is is happening, but how we look at it can be changed. So let's say that you wake up and you're feeling overwhelmed. Uh, You feel overwhelmed about your kids being home and about trying to teach them and about not being able to go out like you'd like to and about what if we get sick? At what perspective change should we be looking for? I think I would go just in front of that question and say, how do we get to a good perspective? I always tell people to be in your honest place. So we have to start by being honest about where we are. And if we are uh, discouraged and or maybe even despairing about circumstances, the first thing to do is to acknowledge that that's our honest place. We've got to work through those feelings. And we can do that by talking to friends and loved ones about our feelings, we can journal our feelings, we can write write them out, but we need to get them out and express and acknowledge. So that's a great starting place, acknowledge, well, gee, I'm having a hard time today and I'm 
not finding that rainbow as easily right now as I was at the beginning. And um, I don't really like this very much. I'm feeling uh, anxious and worried and I'm angry that I had to cancel plans and uh, start by acknowledging that. And then the second thing I would say from there is to go to God with that. In the healing journey class, we call that healing step number one. But, you know, God, this is my honest place. I'm feeling angry and disappointed and discouraged right now. And I pray you would come into the middle of this and bring healing. That's that's what I want people to really understand, that this is a healing moment for our entire planet we are all being affected by this simultaneously. That's what makes this so unique. But it really is something that is brings a healing need. And then after we ask God to bring us healing, the last thing we need to do is grieve and cry and express our loss. And if we'll do those things, if we will acknowledge our honest feelings, if we'll bring God on board, if we will grieve and cry about our losses and disappointments, then we will automatically and very naturally move to a more peaceful place, a more hopeful place. Uh, We'll feel more encouraged and stronger to keep going because that's what God's healing process does for us. It strengthens us. One of my favorite things about the healing journey, I mean, if I can pick a favorite thing, is this concept of the congruent woman or I guess a congruent person where our thoughts, feelings and actions should be on the same track. You know, if you're thinking something and it's impacting how you feel and how you act, but you want to change how you act and how you feel, you kind of have to change how you think. And so sometimes we can see what we're doing and go, oh, no, no, that's not how I want to be. we got to back this train up and get back to what we think and what we believe. That's right, because that's what gets the train off the track. So as soon as we start doubting that God will take care of us, that God still loves us, that he's still uh, present in our life, taking care of us, as soon as we start doubting that, fear will quickly follow. So... You're exactly right that those messages need to be examined and paid attention to make sure we're staying in the truth. And, you know, back to my earlier comment, nothing will help us do that more consistently than reading God's word every day. Let's talk about kids just for a second, because so many people have children at home. It's hard to convince to your children that everything is under control if you don't believe it yourself. How can we be aware of what our children are thinking and feeling? And how can we help them to get a true perspective of what's really going on? This is a great uh, opportunity to teach our kids and help our kids learn to manage crises and um, hard circumstances. The first place to start, I think, with children is to let them talk without judgment, without interruption, without trying to color or bend their thinking to just let them talk. Honey, how are you feeling about this? What do you think about this? What do you think is going on? And how do you feel about that? Let them share. Because that's what, um, for so many of us, never happened when we were growing up. Our feelings weren't acknowledged. We weren't 
nobody really saw us and what we when we were going through hard things. So we want to see our children and hear them and help them express their fears and concerns without trying to erase them. I think we can easily do that too quickly. Say, oh, you honey, you shouldn't feel that way because dot, dot, dot. Um, I, I think we're doing a disservice to our kids if we say you shouldn't feel that way. Because if you feel that way, then you feel that way. So we need to affirm their feelings. I can understand, honey, why you're feeling this way. These, this is is really difficult to go through. So I would start there just to let them express that and talk about them. Um, and then after they've kind of gotten them out, then I would recommend sharing what helps you cope with this. For me, if I were talking to my my grandkids are the little ones in my life now, but if I were talking to my grandkids and I have about this, I would I would say um, I can understand um, that you are feeling anxious right now. And sometimes I feel anxious too, but you know what helps me is to remind myself that God is still in charge and God is over um, this pandemic right now and he has a plan and he's going to take care of us every day even though it is difficult he will always take care of us through that and um, just tell them that truth to hang on to. Cindy Sherwood is the creator of The Healing Journey, a 29-week Bible study. You can find out more about that and the other parts of her ministry when you go to hishealinglight.org. Right now you're working on a new book. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Uh, yes, the, um, the book I'm writing now is actually my story. <laughs> I have um, put this off for 30 years, but God put it on my heart. Uh, it's kind of interesting, the timing, too, because he put it on my heart in November to go ahead and get started on it. And then when the quarantine hit and I was pretty much locked up in my house and still am, then I really had the focused and uninterrupted time I needed to get the book written. I'm, it's coming along well. Yeah, I'm telling my own healing journey. That's my book right now. Look how much God loves you. He gave you a pandemic so you could get your book done. I know. I'm sorry the rest of the world is going through so much trouble, but, you know, it's kind of worked out well for me. No, I'm just kidding, oh, of course. But we all know in the midst of difficult stories and tremendous loss, we know God is doing miracles all over the place, too. Hand sanitizer, Clorox wipes, Lysol, rubbing alcohol, vitamin C, zinc. Okay, so what have you tried to find at the store and you just couldn't? All of those things have been in short supply, along with tiramisu Oreos. <laughs> but that's a whole nother thing. For me, it was chicken. I don't know if you remember a few weeks ago when there was a meat shortage and there had been some talk about big time supply issues, right? And I began to panic. I let fear sink in, like somehow my family wasn't going to survive if we didn't have boneless, skinless chicken breasts. And I would go out like almost every day. I was sort of scoping out the stores, trying to figure out when their meat restocking times were. You know, like somehow I was going to elbow my way through a crowd to get a club pack of chicken. I looked at some frozen. I didn't really like the way that it tasted as much as the fresh stuff. It was just something that I wanted. And then I began to notice that, oh, it's a little cranky because... I didn't have chicken. 
which is ridiculous because if I believe deep in my soul that God loves me and that God's going to take care of me, well, then I have to believe that that's true even if I don't have boneless, skinless chicken breast. And the reality is I had no idea what I was even going to do with it. It wasn't like I had some plan to have a dinner party with chicken French or chicken Parmesan or chicken whatever, right? I just needed to have it because, well, because I wanted it. So I guess I didn't really need it. I just wanted it. And as I would walk into the store time after time, I would go, Lord, change my heart about this chicken because the chicken became like an idol in my life, right? Like I have to have this thing to feel a certain way. And when I finally got right with God about it, oh, he provided. He provided in a big way. He provided me a 10-pound bag of fresh, never-frozen, boneless, skinless chicken breast for $9.99. Do the math. That is $0.99 a pound. I don't even know how that pack of chicken ended up in the store. In fact, when I got to the meat case, there were two packs And I was tempted to take both of them, not only because it was a great deal, because I still kind of had that little fear, like, was there going to be enough meat? And God spoke very clearly to me and said, you leave that blessing for somebody else. And so I took just that one pack and headed home. And wouldn't you know, the next time I went to the grocery store, well, there was more chicken in the meat case. And so we've got chicken in our freezer. We probably won't have to buy chicken till the end of the summer again. But it reminds me of this mindset that we see in the book of Job. Job loses everything, right? More than any of us could even imagine. Not even comparable in the slightest to the inconveniences that we've had during this pandemic, right? But in those times, with nothing, Job proclaimed, the Lord gave and the Lord taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't want to be the kind of woman that gets cranky when I can't find chicken. I don't want to be tempted to shove somebody out of the way to get to the meat case. I want to be able to say, Lord, no matter what you've given me, no matter what you've taken from me, I bless you because I trust you. And that's what it really comes down to, I think. Do we trust the Lord to take care of us? That might be my biggest lesson from this pandemic is that, yes, he will provide exactly what we need, even when what we need is not what we want. I have a confession to make. I just came back from a little getaway. You see, this has been this has been a lot for me. And you may not have noticed listening to Family Life Mornings, but I've just been feeling really down. Uh, it's been hard for me to not be around people, to not see people smile. You know, I love smiles. There's just something about a smile that can turn your whole day around. I love making people smile. And when I'm in the store and I can't smile at somebody, and I also can't see if they're smiling back at me, well, it just began to... Well, began to wrestle my spirit down. And so my husband planned a little getaway. We had a friend who told us that they went out to dinner in Ohio and they enjoyed a great meal out. And it was before the restaurants in New York and Pennsylvania had reopened. And so we began to think, well, where could we go? And so we drove. We took a road trip to Ohio. And then we ventured into Kentucky to visit the Creation Museum. I was blessed with some complimentary tickets. And as we walked in, I checked the sign. The sign said, don't come in if you're sick. It said, maintain social distancing. It said, wash your hands. It didn't say anything about masks. And so we decided to take in this museum 
without masks. We're both very healthy and we take a lot of preventative vitamins and things to make sure that we stay that way. And we stayed away from people. Now, there were some people wearing masks and they didn't get angry with us for not wearing them. First of all, it wasn't the policy of the museum. But secondly, we're in a different place. Things are a lot different in Kentucky and southern Ohio than they are in New York and Pennsylvania. And they haven't had that same perspective. So the people who chose to wear masks, well, they knew that was their choice. And they knew that not wearing them was our choice. And I really appreciated that. I appreciated being able to breathe a little bit, to learn about God's creation and Jesus and how he fits into that entire narrative and not have to be bogged down by this mask that I felt like had kind of come to oppress me in my day-to-day shopping, you know. I've been avoiding even going out because it just really is hard for me. And so I want you to be encouraged that there are different perspectives. And it's so easy to get so angry with people because they don't see things from the way that you do. And I've been in that place. I've had too many arguments on Facebook that I wish had not happened. But the reality is, is that we're all drawing from our own experiences. And so when you feel that sense of, oh, you should be doing it this way because... Well, know that you're forming that opinion based upon your experiences. And God has given you those set of experiences and maybe has even helped you to formulate that opinion. But it's not going to be the same perspective that somebody else has because they've had a different set of experiences and circumstances. And that's where we get to show the fruit of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness. And oh, the (laughs) self-control. The self-control is a hard one, but it's important that you get all the way to the end. If you have Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit, and you have those fruits of the Spirit available. A friend of mine was telling me that when her kids were young, she was talking with her pastor and said, I'm praying for patience. And he said, well, stop praying for patience and just Be patient, because if you have the Holy Spirit, you have everything you need to just show any of those fruits of the Spirit to anyone around you. By the way, if you want to see some of my pictures and information about my trip to the Creation Museum, you can go to fln.org slash mornings and check out my blog. And the Creation Museum is about a 45-minute drive from the Ark Encounter. And in the year 2020, kids under 10 get into the Ark for free. So if you're thinking about a road trip, that might be a way you can save a little bit of money. On every episode of Therese Talk, I like to bring you a scripture that relates to the episode number. This is episode six, and so I'd love for you to check out Hebrews 6, 15. I was praying one time, asking God for a life verse. It seemed like everybody had these super encouraging life verses, and I didn't really want anything that was on a t-shirt or a coffee mug. I wanted something that was between God and I, and so I prayed, God, just show me the key to my faith. Like, what is the one thing you want me to know? And as clear as anything, I heard the words Hebrews 6.15. Now, I have not spent a lot of time ever in the book of Hebrews. And as I started to dig, I found out we really don't know who wrote it. It's kind of this 
really interesting book in the New Testament that has a lot relating to the Old Testament. So it's kind of like a bridge between the two. And it talks a lot about those heroes of the faith. And in the sixth chapter, it talks about Abraham. And in Hebrews 6.15, it says, And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. And I thought, boy, this is such a great key to my faith, this idea that we must patiently endure. It's not a drudging endurance. It's not a, oh, if I can just get through this. It is a patient endurance, a don't give up, a do it with grace and joy and love kind of vibe, right? And after that, after you have run this race with patient endurance, you will obtain the promise. And of course, that promise is eternity with Jesus Christ if you have come to know him as your Savior. And so that's my sweet story behind Hebrews 6.15. I hope it becomes one of your favorite verses too. Before we go, I want to pray with you. And I also want to tell you what's coming up next. All right, let's pray. God, you are a good God. You're a God who always provides, Lord. And I pray that you would bless each person listening with the assurance that you have got this current situation under control. No matter when they're listening and if we're in the middle of a pandemic still or if life has returned to some sort of new normal, God, that you are still the God who's in control, that you will be in control for all of eternity. Lord, thank you for each person who's listened. Father, I pray that you would bless them and that you would continue to bless the messages that we put out every time we do a new episode. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Next time on Therese Talk, one of my favorite artists and one of my favorite human beings. Gaze at the face of Jesus and glance at your problems. And it's not easy. It doesn't come naturally, but I don't think anything worth doing and worth pursuing comes easy. It was June 12th, two years ago that I suffered a massive multiple bilateral pulmonary embolism. They're not really sure why I'm alive. I know why I'm alive because God still has lots of things for me to do. And the same could be said for Mandisa. She has overcome time and time again. And I know you're going to be encouraged. Don't miss her on the next episode of Therese Talk. She's also got a brand new song. Time on Family Life on the radio or streaming at FLN.org. Again, thanks for listening. Don't forget to tell a friend, rate, and subscribe to Therese Talk from Family Life. Family Life.